Why don't you like the name Shade? <laughs> you, you can't just start talking like we've been talking. Maybe that's what it is. Is I'm like I need a strong intro. You don't. You don't to get it going. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well I, I purposely paused on that conversation. <laughs> so so that you could pick it up as like a cold open. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Why Do People Like Anime? I, 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 uh, Where there is no intro. <laughs> I propositioned, or I suggested the name Shade as like a possible, uh, listen, no Offspring, one's, no uh, one's pregnant here, but we, we have been sort of like throwing. John keeps throwing names out like I am pregnant. <laughs> Not pregnant. Not married yet. Not married yet. Will be married. We are, I, I, listen, I think, I think Shade Hill would be a, a cool name. Okay. Yeah, you keep you keep trying to push for Raven as well. Yeah, Shade and Raven. I don't know about all this. They'll, they'll have like a like a like a synthwave band. You make me feel so lame. I'm like, I want to name him after my grandma. I'm like, no, I want, I want oh. Shade. We have to name it after Shade Resner Hill, Titan character. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Welcome back. To why do people like anime? That's a podcast about uh, two ding dongs. Watching it, I like. I like. Why <laughs> <laughs> you've been really holding on to the word two ding dongs? <laughs> well, because you said it first, I think, like on a solo episode, and and that like, I think I, I was listening to it on the plane, and I was like cracking up so much from that <laughs> that like I think it's kind of what what I I sort of <laughs> jump to when I when I think of what the podcast is. We're two ding dongs that started watching anime about two years ago, trying to understand what 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 the heck. What's going on? What the heck is going on? Are we are we past the point where like anime is so like mainstream uh, that our show serves no purpose? No, no, no. I think I think people that listen to the show and find the show, you know, they're they're already anime fans. And yeah, they're, and they're like, I I do think we have a good perspective on like who we are compared to like everybody else and I don't like I don't think we're getting like my coworker to listen. No, 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 no. I I think people have to be into anime to listen. But hey, yeah. if if not, then let me know. <laughs> if this is your or one if, window into anime, or it's like a, if I was like interested in something, but like like a specific anime. And I like yeah. searched it for some reason. Uh, then, then you would probably find one of our episodes. Yeah, I did that with Neon Genesis. Were I you... listened to some Neon Genesis podcast. Really? Yeah. I haven't really. I've I've like kind of. I mean, maybe this is like shitty for me to say, but like I've I've like kind of list. I've sampled a few anime podcasts, but I haven't really found something where like I I, I either really vibe with the hosts or i really appreciate like the uh the commentary i guess i i feel like we very rarely actually talk about anime sometimes well i mean we're not i i think we are still like outsiders to it in the sense that like yeah we're not like doing insider news on well like yeah like i'll 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 watch there's a couple anime podcasts like online that like i'll i'll watch for a bit and like you know they're fucking buying figures and like yeah. buying manga. Man, I wish I could remember the name. I haven't watched it in a while, but there is one on YouTube that I particularly like, uh, who does like really hardcore breakdowns of like what's happening in oh, the anime. Oh, I, I love. I mean, I love like the YouTube channels that like where where it is like 
you know, sort of breaking down like the philosophy of certain stuff. Yes. Not for everything. Not because I think there's some of it. Some of it is like horrible and like kind of. Yeah. Almost misses the point of certain stuff. Like I remember I watched one on a silent voice that was about like what a silent voice gets wrong about the story. And it's mm. like just comparing it to the manga. And it's like, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I specifically like the ones where it's like, let's break it down and like talk about the themes. And it's uh... all the like, yeah, like a one that's like focused on like the symbolism of, of like anime and stuff. Yeah. And like why things are important because they've got like the sort of historical background. So if you're looking for that, this is not <laughs> this is not that. Podcast. I feel like I, I would I would like to I would like to imagine we're somewhere in in between that style and like the sort of uh total casual shit yeah 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 yeah, because i think i think for the most part we try and uh we try and meet the anime where it's at in terms of it's you know this philosophical or thematic stuff yes and sometimes the anime that there's just it's just not there yeah uh this this is the vibe okay vibe check where you're walking out of the movie theater with your two besties john and julie and uh you've got an hour-long ride back home you got because, an hour-long plane ride yeah because you live in kodiak island alaska yeah you've got to you got to make your way back and what are you going to talk about the whole way the movie or anime you just watched yeah i'd like to it's a it's a it's a sleepover okay and you're at John and Julie's house. Crack open. <laughs> and, uh, get the snacks. Get the get the soda out. Yeah. And uh, watch a bunch of anime with us. And, it's and cash. It's cash. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, I, I sort of I proposed to Julie a very, a not not hard themed, <laughs> uh, cyberpunk month. And why did you? Oh, I, I don't know. I <laughs> why did you? Why would you propose a, a cyberpunk uh, month? Uh, well, perhaps some sort of release that happened. Uh, cyberpunk release. <laughs> uh, release their newest patch. Uh, and the game. The game. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yes. And so I've been replaying it, and uh, I, it's like you're just like right back in. <sighs> It, it's like i feel like you play things really hardcore and then all of a sudden and you just stop <laughs> yeah i'm done and then the it was minute, like that with like skyrim for can a I while sh- can i share the little moment you had when yeah. you were showing me okay uh i i started laughing because john started playing the game in front of me like he was like yeah there's a new patch check it out and then he's like oh sick what was it? <laughs> uh, the throwing knives. You were like, oh, sick throwing knives. <laughs> like you said it exactly like that. And I was like, John, <laughs> take a step back. Why? Well, I, I couldn't. <laughs> if you saw yourself say that in that way and that so sincerely. <laughs> it was it was like pure. <laughs> it was pretty Pure cute. bliss. Yeah. It was pure like, ooh. Listen, been... I just remember you showing it to me and me being like, wow, uh, John. what's different? <laughs> You were like, oh, there's like better, like the frame rate's better and ooh, throwing <laughs> knives. <laughs> I think like, I remember like, you know, when, when I got it initially, like, I, I don't know how I remember this, but one of my complaints was like, uh, the cars felt like I was like driving a bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember and, and I remember that. that, like getting you. <laughs> Every time you had to get in a car, you'd be like, oh, God, it's like driving. Yeah, yeah. So the there car, you go. The driving has improved, too. 
Oh, is that? Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, so. That's a there's that, much needed improvement. I don't know. It's like I, I'll I'll get into a thing and then it's like I got to consume all like media around <laughs> it, you know, like uh, <laughs> like any game like Red Dead Redemption, like I'll start watching like Westerns and stuff or like uh, <laughs> that game L.A. Noir. Like I started watching a bunch of like Golden Age Hollywood. Do you feel like detective stuff? Do you feel like and then like all this vampire stuff? Yeah, it's the, like va- we the vampire Buffy stuff. And now we want to play vampires and yeah. Um, John, John doesn't do anything, uh, half measure. Okay. John goes full throttle every time. John doesn't just like something. Okay. But it's like, I feel like I, I go full throttle, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if I get into something, I start like collecting or buying like somebody who's like into the hobby. Yeah. But then I stop after like a month or two. Yeah. And then, so it's like I have like all these like fragmented collections <laughs> of things, of just things. So but, like, but like not like shabby collections though. I gu- yeah, I guess none of it is like. Sometimes I crappy. No, none of it's crappy. I sometimes I imagine when we when we do have like a bigger house you're just gonna have like a collection room or something where you can like have all your things <laughs> yeah. your like accoutrements from over the years cards and figures and posters and games and 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 posters yeah records but it would it'll be like a hall of fame or something shoes. in like the like in the basement shoes yeah I mean, it's all like quality things, so like I kind of can't knock it a little bit. What would be like the worst thing for me to collect? Um, I there were two John phases that I struggled with. One was Vineyard Vines. <laughs> that was, I mean, uh, that was like a, and it was so bad that you've gotten rid of most of it. That was me raging against the machine. Yeah, and then the second one was probably Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, I was like, this is not going to go anywhere. Well, because like you didn't want to play with me. Yeah, well, no, I didn't, we, I didn't want to play. No. Anyway, that was the not, idea. We would we would play, but then you were like, I I, I didn't want to play. You got you got like so angry, even though you won, and I was like, all right, never mind. I don't remember that, but yeah. also, I mean, I've got a I don't know about magic all the right. game. Let's move on. Let's move on. So this <laughs> week we watch uh, the cyberpunk anime classic Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Which we've seen before, but not in a long not time. Not in a long time, and uh, frankly, I think the like the one thing I've I, and so I should mention that we 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 mostly watched it this week because we're watching a longer series. Yes. That we were not able to finish, which in the same vein, very much so. Cyberpunk month, right? Cyberpunk month. Um, <laughs> so I, I I think like and and you know I'm I'm very guilty of this happening in in previous episodes, and you've definitely called me out on it. But like when you watch something when you have your phone active, mm. or at least when I do, it's just like I I get I gather like seventy five percent of the information of stuff happening. Yeah. And so I would say like the last time we watched Ghost in the Shell, I probably had my phone out or something. So mm. I I think I only got like 75 percent of that viewing yes so this time you know i was pretty you put the phone away I put the phone away <laughs> i was pretty uh it's pretty present have, during have it. you heard of uh the these homes that like you have to put your phone in like a faraday cage or, or bag or whatever oh, really like to enter the home because like they don't have any like frequencies like that in their homes no have you ever heard of um what's his name um liver king 
it's this like what it's this guy <laughs> who like eats liver and like and like organs and he's like super jacked and he's like known for like walking around the neighborhood with like a chain around his <laughs> around his like a super heavy duty chain i've never seen this yeah he's got a faraday thing but john did that he put the phone in the, in the drawer so there was he couldn't even see it if it lit up yeah turn notifications off it's very free it's a very freeing experience yeah um so we we have seen this before yeah uh i it's it's a little hard to introduce almost just because i feel like there's so much uh um there's so much around it just because i feel like it, it is it was such like an I, I would say probably on the level of akira in terms of probably introducing anime to a larger audience in some way yeah this had that sort of like western impact yeah. that akira also did um like there this is like i think what this come out in the 90s 95 yeah. 95 so like when like anime had existed for a long time but it had never like really like crossed over into like america and sort of like western consciousness it was kind of it, 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 i feel like it really was the second impact after uh akira so it was Ooh. like akira in 90 yeah and then this in 95 yeah. And then I think anime starts slowly. And then probably, I, I guess you could say probably like the Miyazaki stuff, filled, you know, within that. And then probably Spirited Away in 2002 was like the big mm, one. Yeah. Aside from, you know, like the the tsunami stuff and Pokemon right. and Pokemon, all that. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think it is about like something like Ghost in the Shell and Akira that like captures the Western audience? <laughs> well, I think that. Um, and I, I think I, we're going to try and avoid talking about the 2017 live action film. Yes, which we've we also seen. Which we have seen in the past. For the record. Um, I think that anime specifically has a far different perspective on uh, science fiction and sort of mm, mm, mm. the different kinds of themes you can do within that, especially as it relates to human connectedness and... Uh, sort of like what technology means for us in like a spiritual sense i, th I think in a, in a way that you know there, i think there's plenty of uh you know american films that have done that but i think even the ones that have like i'm, I'm thinking specifically like you know matrix and stuff like that's obviously very like the wachowskis clearly loved ghost in the shell oh yeah it's it's like almost got the framework for the matrix yeah in it um, but i mean i i really i really genuinely think that um, I, I think I've, I've maybe said this before, but I think that like the, the two things that I believe anime does generally better than, uh, media that isn't anime or at least in like a visual level, because with books you can do anything in books. There's like a rich history of, you know, cyberpunk literature and all that stuff, but really, yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like Neuromancer and, and oh, Snow okay. Crash and yes. Yeah. Like, um, all that stuff. So like there's, there's plenty of like really excellent cyberpunk literature, but I feel like, you know, you really look at the output of science fiction stuff in like the nineties and different, you know, if you just compare like America to Japan, you have like, you know, eventually you get to the matrix, but before that you have like fucking Johnny mnemonic and like right. lawnmower man and all these like horrible fucking movies that just like 
you know. They're science fiction, but they're fun science fiction. Like, yeah. what would the future hold? It's very like the Jetsons or something. It's like, a, it all feels like Die Hard just with like a trench coat. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't really think very deeply. But uh, to go back to what I was saying previously, I think that anime uh, far better captures depression than i think like a lot of like western or live action media or and uh heady science fiction like this i think generally um like i think it's like it's it's just such a specific thing to anime because like you know i think there's plenty of other obviously like science fiction that's like thoughtful and everything i really like um with the alex garland stuff so like annihilation and like ex machina and Mm, yeah you know all of his stuff um i think is really interesting but uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I really find myself connected a lot more to science fiction as it is in the form of anime than typically like American science fiction, just because I feel like there's, uh, I don't know, like they can, because you're not sort of, the storytelling just seems to be a lot more interested in, in sort of philosophizing Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't think you can necessarily get away with in like a live action film, because like Ghost in the Shell, I think in this like there, uh, the climax of the movie is like a almost like a debate or <laughs> like a character like monologuing about what existence is. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can't fuck it. Like you can't do that in. Uh, they tried. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah, not to not to get too much into like the American version, but like they had to kind of you know like the whole story is like different in that so they they had to kind of accommodate the fact that it's like a live action film yeah yeah, you know if it was if it was like a shot for shot remake of this it would be really boring but like i think because anime is is such a and i hate this word but it's like almost like an ethereal medium i feel like like it's so kind of dreamlike and not like close enough to reality but like sort of slightly exaggerated that it's sort of in like a different space that i feel like you can sort of get into like these i don't know like these these thought processes and stuff i think i know what you're trying to say um there's like a uh, i want to look up the word um mm, i'm not gonna remember but there's like a theory in painting that's like what how can you like convey a scene with like the most minimal amount of like actual visual information and there's like all these like paintings that we you would study where it's like swash swashes of paint and like canvas being seen but like you see the house you see the field and the and the trees and stuff and i feel like with anime it's almost like because it's this like because it's not live action, it's like one step removed from live action. It's almost like when you read a book and you can like actually like imagine the characters. Like there is some active amount of of like you can't put yourself into the movie the way that you can when you're watching like a live action thing. Yeah, there's there's a there's a far greater separation, I think. Yeah. So it so it allows for this kind of like more uh looser and dreamier things to exist just i i I like that idea uh i'd be curious to like explore that a little bit more (laughs) but yeah in general or just in no just in general like it with like i just it's one of those things where like i like it i like that you said that and i like that now it's got me thinking this way about 
animation and I don't know if there's like something else I'm not considering about it hmm. but I'm just gonna think about it more and um yeah something about and I like what you said about science fiction and there just being this void of of serious science fiction like I feel like in America, at least, it was always, like, fun science fiction, Star Trek, you know, that kind of vibe of, of you know, what if we could be, <laughs> you know, yeah. on spaceships and discovering new worlds. And it was very lighthearted and fun, whereas, like, this take is just, it's so existential and... It's it like asks like a darker question about technology in that like what does technology and like what is the internet actually going to do to us as humans? Yeah, totally. And just in the sense of, you know, is I mean, I, I think in, and this question comes up, I think, in a lot of different sci fi where it's like, you know, the more the more technology we kind of allow into our into ourselves and our bodies, you know, be it like a cell phone or, mm -hmm. you know, like a, an Apple watch or whatever. Like, what is it like, you know, cause like, I think like one of the, so to, to talk about the film for a second, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if like, I don't know how many people have seen, like, I'm assuming most people have seen this, but I, I, I would also, I don't know. Um, it's also older at this point. It's also older. So it's about, uh, so in the future, uh, only seven years away, this takes place in 2029. It's coming up. It's coming up really <laughs> quick. Uh, so people have the ability to uh, cybernetically replace parts of their bodies and uh, put their minds into, um, put their consciousness into uh, robotic forms and selves and stuff like that, which they refer to as ghosts, mm -hmm. which is the... Uh, hence the title ghost in the shell it's sort of like what they refer to as the uh it's your consciousness but it's also like almost your soul yeah your being right um and so the movie centers on uh major kusanagi who and she's like kind of like a like the commander or like a like a strike force leader for commando um the uh one of the different i think it's like section nine of yeah. japan i think like japan's separated in like these different sections which are sort of like their own autonomous uh governments essentially yeah talk about world building <laughs> yeah totally um and so she's sort of like an assassin slash uh i don't know like cyber like a, like a marine like a, yeah what's the special marine marine corps like a green beret uh no there's like why why can't i think of the name Mer they're like black ops black ops yeah sure yeah uh <laughs> yeah exactly like she you know she she's in direct uh communication with like the government and is sort of you know in the very first scene she uh assassinates uh i think like the a min uh, some kind of diplomat or like mm -hmm. a the foreign minister or something like that yeah um because they suspect them of i f uh, i think hacking in their own world like i think the main issue is that somebody is hacking into the brain of like um 
I want to say the prime minister or something. Yeah. And they're also worried about like a programmer, like a really powerful programmer defecting to a different section. Yeah. Yeah. So like not, so like right off the bat, you're talking about like, like being connected to, to like some sort of internet through your brain, um, being a cyborg, hacking into that, you know, like take, take it one step further what if somebody could hack into that and then what if what if somebody could hack into that um yeah their biggest they're also exist in that way yeah the uh section 9's i think biggest worry is uh there's so like there's this hacker called the puppet master who has uh has the ability to sort of i think they call it like ghost hacking where he is able to basically jack into other people's consciousness and get them to like do things and also form like false memories within them and, and that yeah. kind of thing so so crazy so after you know after that first scene kusanagi and crew they have to go after like this uh this garbage truck like this this garbage truck mm. uh sanitation worker as yeah. you would say who's uh, uh going around and sort of uh what's he doing exactly i forget so he's He's, uh, it's explained that he's trying to get into, hack his wife's brain. Yeah. So that he can figure out why she's trying to divorce him. But, and, which, which leads to one of, like, the best kind of, like, action sequences. <laughs> yeah, Kusanagi has to, has to follow after a, uh, <laughs> like a, this thug that shows up and he has, like, this crazy, uh, invisible cloak and stuff. And yes. so there's all this like merging of there. I feel like there's, there's like a not overt animation tricks that are used, but definitely some things that are sort of showy in some way, specifically like the, the sequence where they're on this chase and this guy is using this like uh invisible camo cloak. Um, and yeah. it's, it's like this chase scene through a bunch of different sort of like rundown districts in Japan. And then it ends up, uh, Kusanagi eventually catches up to him in this sort of f not to it's like not like a f totally I don't know what the body of water is but like they're in like this like I I'm assuming some kind of floodplain or something yeah where like the water is up to like their legs and so like Kusanagi beats the shit out of this guy and it's all there are all these like crazy ass like ripple effects with the water and everything and I feel like it's like this this sort of flex on on behalf of uh, what's his name Oshi the the director sort of uh, you know show, showing the power of animation in that way <laughs> in that in that sense but but yes and then it and then the scene turns into you know they're interrogating the the guys who took well, wait I just want to say it's such a nice balance of like actual like stunning visual solids like there there's like a scene where they're doing this like you know invisible man action scene but then it's in front of all of these signs like in this sort of oh, like yeah. dilapidated you know uh apocalyptic cityscape and it, it's like it, i feel like it's like such a good lesson in the balance between like mega detail and simplicity yeah all the all the signage in the movie for some reason also kind of caught me where there's there's like this kind of incredible detail to everything that Mm -hmm. uh, makes it feel a little realer in some sense, or at least kind of, 
I don't know. Something about it really sort of fills in the world and, and makes it feel a lot uh, more textural in some way. Yeah. Um. Anyway. But yeah, so then they interrogate the two people who did it and, you know, they they kind of fuck with them and, and make them realize that like they have like all these memories implanted within them. Yeah. You know, cause like the, the guy in the garbage truck was like trying to show his friend, you know, is the picture of like his family or whatever. And then he looks at the photo and realizes it's just him in the photo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they come to realize that like there's, you know, this, this, uh, rogue agent essentially who's able to hack into people yeah and it's this is sort of the threat is like i think it's something to do with like okay if 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 there's somebody who can hack into people's memories and and control them basically which is why he gets the name puppet master they're worried about these uh assistants and uh cyborgs uh that are you know in in touch with like the upper echelon if you will uh and and like i think one of them is already defecting and they need to sort of like get a hold of who's doing this but they keep running into these dead ends where they're like no it's just another like it's just another puppet basically yeah but then there's the the part where okay the guy is like crying now because he thought he he can't get rid of the memory of his family and like, he can't go back to the way it was. Yeah, what would you do if you had, like, a bunch of, like, fake memories implanted in your brain? and Of, like, a beautiful, happy family. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really hard because... And then it calls into question, like, if you remember it, doesn't that make it real? To you? You know? Yeah. And then that's... It's sort of... I feel like that's one of the first openings to sort of, like, the bigger themes or questions it asks, i.e., like you know what is what is existence when you know data exists and memories are are just data to some extent yeah you know obviously we don't know the full capacity like we don't fully know how memory works as far as i know in terms mm-hmm. of the capacity the human brain has for memory or like you know i don't think it's uh we don't have some sort of measurement in terms of like a storage size or anything like that. Right. So the human brain is, as far as we know, is, is capable of like infinite memory to some extent. Right. But also like how memory is recalled. And so the idea is like, if, if they, if you can experience something in your brain, doesn't that make it real? So like this guy, this trash guy is like experiencing grief in a way because what he knew is not not there anymore it's literally like he lost his family you know and now he's alone and he's like faced with like what's real but what but it's not he still is experiencing the loss of the the beautiful happy thing that he had yeah even though it was fake matrix (laughs) yeah and so then yeah so they're hitting all these dead ends and then eventually uh the puppet master transfers himself into a cybernetic body Mm. um and and at their facility at their facility and basically gets himself hit by a car so they would take him in um i sort i sort of read that as he wanted i don't know did he want them to capture him wait what no 
wait, this is what I thought happened is the there was section six and there's section nine. Uh, I can't remember which one's which, but the other one that Major's not in, they they show up because like Major like comes into work one day and they're like they're like a body was like made overnight or something. Yeah. And and it's like defecting and stuff. And they think that the puppet master has like put their his consciousness in into, or their consciousness into this body and they the other section comes to like claim it because it, it's something to do with like they were trying to put the consciousness in the body so that they could like capture it basically well i i think i thought the i thought he wanted to transfer his consciousness so that way he can survive in some way and not be in just total data world yeah but it's like it was one of those uh haha we got you and it's like no i did this on purpose right because they were trying to capture him and then uh he was like no uh i fully intended for this to happen <laughs> basically yeah um because the only way that i can die and then the only way that i can uh reproduce basically is yeah through this way yeah no they they lured him it in becomes forgot, very yeah. uh right because then he launches into an argument loose. yeah like the uh and so then he comes alive in the body and is sort of like kind of there's like this argument about um yeah like what what is what constitutes a living being basically and if, uh, you know he asks for asylum yeah he wants asylum because they think that the puppet master is american i think right um I think so. Uh, that's what I'm remembering. And he asks for asylum because he's in Japan, right? And uh, they're like, you're, you can't have asylum. You, you're not human. And, he, and then he's like, well, explain to me what human is. Like, why are you human and I'm not? Yeah. Like, what is your existence and how is that different than my existence? Which totally reflects the major is like going through this sort of mental... Uh, gymnastics <laughs> well, about the, her existence yeah the struggle because you know she it, it's it's sort of implied that there was some event in the past where her whole body was destroyed yeah and she had to have her her brain transferred in yeah her, her 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 ghost transferred into a new shell yes and so she sort of go it's it's interesting it's like they're they're both like these kind of parallels to each other of of uh experience with like the ghosts where you know i think the puppet master almost embraces it in some way and i think kusanagi sort of struggles with it i mean they both sort of struggle with it i think the puppet master eventually is like you know he he has like some sort of desires for the capabilities of the body in in order to fully be a human or whatever right um, i mean kusanagi sees the incident with the trash man like in his memories and she's like talking to Bato in the in the elevator about like she's never gonna be able to see her own brain to know that it's actually there, um, which is like a fucked up thing to think about. <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna see your own brain. You know, like like I know what I feel and I know what's going on and like I know that like, I want things and and all of that, but how much of that is me and how much how many me's were there before this me? 
And is my brain really my brain? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, do you even need a brain to, to, because the puppet master's existence is entirely on the network, right? The net. Like, he, totally... was, he was born out of the network. Yeah, out of data. It's, it's very singularity, right? Yeah. The AI got so powerful, it... I feel like that's not far away. <laughs> um, so one thing I want, and we we sort of briefly touched on this while we were watching, but uh, one thing I see a lot in terms of people's commentary about the 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 uh, the character of Kusanagi is, is this idea that uh, she's like a a woman in an anime movie, right? But mm-hmm. people. Uh, make the argument that she's not like a sexualized being in some way. Okay. Specifically, you know, I, I, I think I've seen people say that like, she's not sexualized by like her teammates or anything like that, despite her being, having a female body, which I don't okay. actually don't think is, is actually true because no. there's a scene where Bato is kind of checking her out as she's like, kind of, she's like taking her taking scuba her suit, scuba off. suit off. And he's like, he like catches a glimpse and gets a little like embarrassed yeah that he looked i think it's i think it's an interesting it's like a weird i don't think that reading is right i feel like i feel like there's there's i'm trying to remember how you worded it to me something about like is she is she just a body or is she sexualized and i was like why not both (laughs) is the is the character still under the is it is the intention to create an unsexualized body, but because of the male gaze creating it, it, it inevitably still becomes that just because like, you know, and I, I think what, what I saw, because I think the movie's sort of interesting in that, um, you see her naked a lot in the film yeah. in a way that you don't necessarily see in a lot of other anime or if you do, it is in like a sexual way. Um, I think the way that her camouflage works is that she's got to take all her clothes off. Right. Because her skin it has the camouflage technology. Yeah. Then she's got a little like <laughs> I don't know, like a like a veil, a veil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that goes over top. I think there's So um, it's utilitarian really that she's getting naked usually. Yeah. I would say that, you know, I, I think maybe the commentary or the I, I feel like the the movies uh maybe what the implication is is that uh i don't know how to say this exactly but like you know shells seem to only come in this one sort of form yes or it's like this form that's like decided that is like the uh the optimal form for the 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 shell in Mm. some sense right and and it is a very almost like sexual body in that where it's like, you know, there, there, there are boobs and there's like a, Mm -hmm. does, isn't there a comment that like she makes when the puppet master comes out of the, like the goo or whatever as like a cyborg body. And she's like, I swear that's my body. Yeah. Cause 'cause, so it is like, there's like this uh, kind of uh, dissociation about like that. She's not like unique and special in any way. Right. Like I think they've got different faces, but they are very like physically similar. Yeah. Um 
That being said, I think I I'm curious about the the source material for this because I feel like maybe they just like couldn't get it into the movie and it's just like a character thing that gets explored more in the in the manga. Uh, because I read like very briefly about sort of the fetishization of her body in the manga. That that's a thing that happens, or, or yeah, it's a thing that comes up. That 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 that's like an element to like why she looks the way she does. Right. But I think it's silly to say that she's not supposed to be kind of like sexy, sexualized in any way. Can I can I read you this Wikipedia entry for themes? Sure. Uh, the film depicts Matoko's identity and ontological concerns and ends with the evolution of the puppet master of being without reproduction. Uh, Austin Corbett, I don't know who the fuck that is, characterized the lack of sexualization from her team as freedom from femininity, noting that Matoko is overtly feminine and clearly non-female. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because I've always thought that when she's not completely naked, she kind of looks like an anime boy. Right. And like, and I think there's like elements to her that are like super muscular, like, you know, very like standardized. I mean, that macho. There is like an end sequence where she has to like rip open the the spider tank and she gets like ultra muscular in, in a very... In, in the way where her body becomes like this this thing that can can sort of manipulate itself but even her face like i just felt like her face was like not this like hyper feminine version right like, she, obviously she is but then like there are parts that feel incongruous to that and and very kind of piecemeal almost that like the face doesn't match the the rest like she was like <laughs> puzzle piece together yes which is interesting because at the at the very end of the film she is put on another body. Yes, a, a totally non-sexual child body. Yes. She's, so it is like they've a, transferred their conjoined consciousness to this new form. Basically, it is a it is a strange sort of uh, I think transitive nature of of being put on these different bodies varying levels of sexualization but not necessarily being a sexual being in some way i gotta put it i gotta say this though i don't know what it means you know what i mean like i don't know why she needs to have a sexualized body or like where that all comes from maybe it's explained more in the manga well maybe in the in the singularity we're not going to have gender will, will no longer exist yeah i mean i mean you know to to be like fucking college freshman 101 or whatever <laughs> it's like you know the the rising i mean i feel like um i think that specifically like trans identities and non-binary identities are very i i don't think it's a coincidence that they're tied to the internet so heavily yeah like i've i've observed that there's a very specific kind of uh I think trans internet culture out there. And I think it, it makes a lot of, I think it makes a lot of sense just because, you know, it's, it's, and I, I think this, I think ghost in the shell was sort of, uh, maybe like honing on to this idea that like in this internet world, you know, you don't have a body and you don't have like an assigned gender or necessarily like, speaking of the matrix. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, I, I think, 
I think maybe there's this recognition that like, you know, in the future, uh, our, our gender and form will, will be sort of a fluid thing and, and able to shift in some way. Right. I, I'm going to take that idea and just like change it slightly though and say that maybe in the, it, maybe in this sort of like version of the future where like literally any part of your body, like Bato's got like different eyes, like new eyes, cyber eyes. And um, maybe it's one of those things that, like, if you're going to get an entirely new body, like, this is the most ideal body to have. Like, right. maybe, like, cybernetic m- men in this case would would also have, like, their version of an ideal body. But, like, in, in the show, it's all about, like like, her body, basically. Yeah, he has, like, this hyper-masculine, like, very... Because isn't Bato a cyborg too? Yeah, he gets his arm ripped off at a certain point. And, yeah. You know, it's he's he's not. Yeah. Hmm. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of room for questions on it. That's that's definitely something I, I think I was thinking a lot about, or in the sense of how the movie kind of relates to gender, or like what her body means in terms of like uh being in a i guess sort of vehicle for your brain in some level right you know yeah like i imagine her head is her head right but maybe not but yeah like like, can she get like a different head yes i mean like is it just her brain or is it her whole head because then her whole head kind of transfers to the like child's body at the end yeah i mean like if, if if we if we put your head or your brain in the body of like a, uh, like Brock Lesnar. Right. Wh- who are you? Mm, I would still be me. I would just be in a Brock Lesnar body. Would you? Would you like want to like fight people? Mm, no, uh, that's not me. Right. Right. Like just because I'm. I mean, maybe. I mean, that's like an interesting idea, right? Like how much of your memory is stored in your body. Uh, <laughs> or like how much of your body shapes your shapes your uh outlook and, and personality and stuff it's all very interesting because like the idea that like your body stores memory is like totally a thing and like uh sort of a like yoga spaces if you will yeah i don't know how you describe that but spiritual spaces um I uh, I had a thought, but I'm lo- I've lost it. What were we talking about before that? Bodies, with <laughs> the bodies at the floor. Before you told me my I dissertation, was in, I was in Brock Lesnar's body. Um, <laughs> the brains being a uh, the body being a vehicle for our brains. I guess I don't know. I, I don't lost know. it. It'll come back to me. Um, so the film sort of uh, so after the puppet master appears in this body, uh there's there's a there's like a sleeper agent who's like camouflage who uh makes a diversion and and the, the puppet master escapes and then kusanagi has to track him down um winds up in it's like this citywide manhunt winds up at this old building she has to fight like this big spider tank uh it's fu- the spider tank is funny to me because it is like one of the like the holdovers i think or like one of like the iconic things from like the movie really yeah <laughs> Like the spider tank typically like appears in 
uh, uh, related media to Ghost in the Shell. Okay. So it's in the live action movie. It's in like the the show. We were talking about how impractic impractical a spider tank would be. Yeah, it's like you you get rid of one leg and it's kind of fucked. Then what? <laughs> or like one half of all the legs or whatever. Yeah. Um. She uh battles the tank. Battles the tank is unable to uh. Is unable to fully destroy it. Bato comes in and saves her. With like a rocket launcher. With like a rocket launcher or something. <laughs> Real Some mega gun. Yeah. I mean, even that felt like if I if I was if I was blazed and watching this, right? <laughs> if I was if I was high as a kite while I watched this, I would I would I would maybe make the uh the ideological leap that he it's like the the uh, the uh the director or the author sort of uh, knowingly kind of giving a wink to the audience that like he's enacting deus ex machina by he had, <laughs> he had to ask permission to use this machine to end this, end, end this conflict. He did. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like, okay, well how is she going to get to the puppet master? She's like ripped her arms and legs off. Yeah. Like trying to destroy this tank. Bato destroying it is 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 like the director the director saying like, Okay, this is like a cool sequence and all, but like let's get to the good good. Let's, let's get to the, the philosophical debate or the uh Yeah. The the climax, which is uh the puppet master and uh Kusanagi linking their brains together and, and him sort of explaining you know, his existence and his wishes for yeah. What he wants, which yeah. is basically to inhabit a body where he can reproduce and, and die of natural causes. I guess. I I think it's more so like he's fully prepared to merge with her brain at that moment. Oh yeah, I mean that that happens too, but he's he's explaining oh. Yes. He's explaining his, his you know, there's sort of like this conversation about you know, the limits of his current of his current situation, aside from the obvious, like, you know, he's missing limbs and everything. Right. Oh, yeah. He says he he can't reproduce and he can't um, exist. Basically. Right. <laughs> and so them. And so, and so he suggests they merge together. So that way uh, they have, I guess, like a wider ability to sort of find a way to do that. I guess. Um, it's sort of loose, loose interpretation. I just um, I imagined it was more like if we take your code and my code and combine it, it's new code. So yeah, new being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like the closest they can get to starting a new kind of creation. Yeah. All in the background, uh, the Section Nine's government is sort of, uh, and and the Puppet Master kind of goes into it a little bit. But I guess I guess uh, the Puppet Master is like a creation of Section Six that like kind of got out of hand, right? And so they're trying to they're trying to silence it and and sort of destroy the projects. So they send out their uh, black agent or their black ops uh, agents to snipe snipe yeah. uh, the Puppet Master and Kusanagi in order to get the. Uh, it it goes from we need to you know recapture this being to to shoot to kill <laughs> exactly so then um and so there's this very beautiful momentary sequence where they kill they shoot Kusanagi and the puppet master 
and like you're this whole time you're you're in like the perspective of kusanagi and and the puppet master who are like lying on the on the floor like looking up at like the there's like a glass ceiling in this structure and so like they're looking up and like an angel sort of descends for a second yeah and then (laughs) and then they get shot yeah yeah i think that's what i was gonna say the sequence where they get shot is like the moment where it's it's like revealed just how cybernetic she is and like uh this explosion of wires and you know wires <laughs> yeah uh between the two of them is it's very like it's it's like hard to watch almost it's very gross it's like very it's like a weird body horror yes and the, the movie has like these like sort of like underpinnings of body horror like there's a section where like this guy extends his hands to like type better yeah and it's so fucking gross his fingers split and then split again and i hate it it's like um john's least favorite segment yeah um she sees an angel yeah she sees the angel but that whole sequence where you're like how do you make this interesting right like from a live action perspective and I was like, I don't know why, but I remember her talking to like this guy, like attached to like this big pillar of wires or something. It's a lot more of a set piece in the live action movie, yes, if I it's, recall. It's a lot of like a moment. Um, but this, the way that he does this, like from perspective of like the way that he switches between the perspective of Kusanagi and then shots of them just like laying there or like their heads overlapping it's like you take something that might appear to be like really hard to do like two bodies laying on the ground in a conversation going on in their heads and you make it like so much more interesting like it's all about like how you how you would do that in a way that actually mirrors and makes you focus on what's being said yeah no, it's it's an interesting thing because like I I think I you know the puppet master's first like quote unquote like monologue yeah I kind of I kind of laughed in my head I was like you know it, it seemed like they were really saving on budget because like they're it's all these like still shots right of just of him think like him broadcasting <laughs> his thoughts like his mouth isn't even open yeah, so it's like yeah. you know it's just all these like kind of still frames and stuff but and yet like. You know, it's it's done in a way that's very kind of hypnotic and, and really, really kind of cuts out everything around it to make you, like, actually listen to sort of, like, what's being said and everything. I just, I think this movie is visually very stunning. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's one of the most incredible looking uh, pieces of animated film ever. It's all I mean to say is that the, the fact that, the way that he did it, the way that, he, like, he switches perspectives and... It just it just works really well. It's a it's a master class in uh, pacing, I yes. think. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, because like it knows it knows when to put the gas on in these like action sequences where it's yes. they're so like kinetic and everything's kind of moving. Um, you know, like the when initially Kusanagi fights like the spider tank, you know, it's firing up and like there's a glass ceiling and all like the shards coming down and like the. Mm. Yeah. The ripple effects are Juicy. like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. You're like, all right, that's a flex. That looks good. Yeah. <laughs> but even like the light sourcing and, and that kind of stuff is, is also like really it's a, impressive. It's a great example of things don't have to look real to look good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and nor should they. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think leaning, it, it leans enough into 
uh, I guess the anime aesthetic or at least, I mean, at least it's like its own aesthetic of, of these, you know, like this very cyber world in, in some sense. I just wish more like filmmakers and TV makers would like try to capture a mood more than trying to make something look like real. Yeah, I think uh like all these like glittery little like shards of glass falling. That that doesn't look real at all. Like if anything it looks like white white lines. No, but that, it looks it looks uh it's it's beautiful and But it's beautiful. I think we exactly. had this, we had this conversation with uh our our good friend Dan Santoro. Oh yeah. About uh how you know, it seems like the the lowest common denominator of of enjoying art or something is is just desiring everything to look as like realistic as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, struggle. I mean, as it, as it relates to like your field of art, you know, I mean, there's so many there's so many like gear guys who you know the the idea of like a, an incredible photo is like a, a crystal clear f- picture of like fucking. I don't know, like Mount Shasta or something. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's gotta be sharp. It's gotta be really sharp. Full high dynamic range. <laughs> you gotta be you gotta have like six grand worth of gear on you. Well that's what I mean. Like you watch these like Avengers movies or like the CGI and stuff that's going on and it's like, okay, it's impressive, but if it feels, it, I, f- yeah. I feel nothing watching it sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. I mean I feel um I, I feel a lot more connected to something like uh I don't know, uh, Coraline. I just like, exactly. That's a good example. Yeah. I just like art, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me try to just like experience some good, good art. I mean, even like the Pixar thing, I feel like they're, they're sort of, uh, I feel like they've kind of lost, um, a lot of, I don't know, like their style just seems so kind of, uh, in-house at this point i don't know if that's like the right way to say it but like it just it just seems like so like they're not really kind of iterating on anything that they're doing it's just sort of like they have like this stock house style yeah it's like this is the pixar look and you yeah. have to adhere to it like everyone has like these, these fucking like fat cheeks yeah and it's just like i just i just like hate it right well it's uh scary to change Disney's been doing it for years and years yeah. and years. There's just like I don't know. There, I mean, remember uh, when Disney went 3D? Like with Frozen and and uh, what I was the? I forget what the first one was. Tangled. Yeah, but it was like the first uh, 3D 3D animated instead of their classic Little I it, Mermaid. I think it was Tangled. Style. The one the. I'll look it up. Yeah. Just to be sure. But it was like everyone was like, "This is never gonna work." <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure that was a big moment. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh. I hope that the the <laughs> cyberpunk genre won't be left in the in the dirt because of the commercial failure of the cyberpunk video game. That's my. That's my greatest fear is that you know people are gonna assume that the the game's failings are due to the uh th- the thematic stuff and the the setting rather than you know the uh internal decisions made just because i i think it's a very i think there's a lot there it's a very rich tapestry of uh 
you know, different medias and culture and stuff that I think it would be a shame if it, if it ended. Mm. But I guess we're, we're sort of, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're in the future. You know, like I, I think there's certainly, there's certainly some stuff that we don't currently have in the sense of, you know, cybernetic bodies and stuff. But I think we're a lot, <laughs> we're way closer to that than we are far away from it, I think. You know, I don't know. Um, the film ends with uh, Kusanagi and the Puppet Master merging bodies. Uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Goro, not Goro. Uh, Bato. Bato, he has to. Bato rescues her, basically. Bato rescues her and sort of smuggles her away and, and puts her head on the body of a child. Takes her to his safe house. Yeah. Or something. Where she can kind of escape this existence. Because there's also this underlying current of like, she she can only exist in the context of, like they they have this conversation, I think on the boat or something that like, do you ever dream of being something else? And it's like, uh, if they wanted to quit their jobs, basically, they would have to return all of their cybernetic equipment <laughs> that, that, yeah, there, that the government that too. Has, there, has issued them. Yeah, their body is government property. Yeah. So I think by two... And I think it, it reveals just how much Batu like obviously cares about her yeah. too, because while he doesn't understand like her, I think I think he understands her issues with existence, but he doesn't want to grapple with them himself. No, he's not a, a very at least like yeah, he's not a very internal guy. Yeah, and uh, but he obviously cares very much about her, which like. It, maybe it's not like a romantic thing, but it at least sentimental. Uh, yeah, you know, and seeing her kind of like and understanding why she like needs to dive into the puppet master's brain and and uh, know know kind of the truth for herself. But then also he kind of like sets her free at the end by giving her this body that you know she's able to sort of think and live freely <laughs> yeah yeah i mean she uh she becomes a new being after merging with the puppet master yeah and it's this uh i feel like i feel like there's some sort of symbolism where they're reborn into the body of a child as they uh as they create a a new life or a future life yeah it's kind of like what they were talking about that they can't reproduce they can't you know yeah so like this this is sort of some some version of reproduction you know because what is that to a to a robot to an ai to an ai yeah and like you know what does it really look like to fuse an ai with like a human consciousness we'll find out very soon to fuse I love talking about this shit. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of look forward to the singularity. Mm, I, I, I don't think it's gonna happen the way we think. It's like this, like doom thing that people. Oh, I don't think put it's put it out to be. I don't think it's gonna be like doom. I think it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be like we're all gonna be living in Nirvana. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's gonna be that either. I think we put these like, remember, like. I, we were alive for Y2K. We were young, obviously, but uh, 
when we hear people talk about it now, it's like this moment in time that's going to change everything. And oh my God, what's going to happen? And like, how are we going to exist? Like the world's going to end. Yeah. Like it quickly became this like massive moment. And I think the singularity is going to be slightly less than what we think this like massive uh, intense moment is supposed to be. Do you like cyberpunk? Um, the genre? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Why? Just wondering. I do. I I would play the game, but I'm not good at games. What's your What's your like favorite like genre of of thing in that sense? I.e., like fantasy, cyberpunk, um, urban fan or like gothic, urban uh, fantasy. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have? Is there like a niche of like thing, like something in that like lane that you? It's like where like if a cyberpunk movie comes out, I'm like we have to go see it. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of wanted to go see Dune, <laughs> but you were like we can't go see Dune. <laughs> is that cyberpunk? Is it? I don't. I, I feel like science cyber, fiction future. Cyberpunk to me, there has to be some. There has to be some element of like urban living, mm. or or. Uh, <laughs> Some post, sort of cityscape. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think that would fall into the post-apocalyptic camp. <laughs> um, I love all the like Philip K. Dick stuff. Yeah. And like I super deep dives on that like two years ago. So, um, and then what's that movie? What's that f- movie with Harrison Ford? I can't remember the name of it. Star Wars? Nope. Indiana Jones? Nope. Ender's Game? Nope. Uh... No, the the one where he falls in love with the robot. Oh, uh, Star Wars. No, <laughs> I Blade hate Runner. that. I, yes, thank you, Blade Runner. <laughs> Air <Star> Force One. <laughs> All right, I think we're done here. <laughs> uh, Julie, why do people like Harrison Ford? Um, why do people like Ghost in the Shell? Uh, I think it was like perfect timing, right? Perfect. Uh theme for for like the audience that it was like being released to and i think it just like planted like a a huge seed for like all this future media to come and uh like would we have um my brain is like not working what's the movie uh the hackers would we have hackers? Hack the planet. Would we be able to hack the planet I think, if, I think if we, not for Ghost in the Shell? I think they came out the same year. Okay. Well, you know, proves my point. Would we, <laughs> Something was in the water. <laughs> Would we have the Matrix? Would we have... Yes, thank you. Uh, other stuff. I just feel like it's uh, it, it sort of like captured a, a vibe. And did it help that the 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 leading lady was like naked half the time? Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt in my. I mean, I'm sure that was like part of it. Was like, whoa, you can see like a naked girl in this. Yeah. I mean, just like thinking in the way that maybe people were thinking when this came out. If you're it like, was like edgy. If you're like a teenage boy in 1995, yeah. you were like, no, it's like edgy and cool. Like wh- this certainly lands cool on the scale. Right? Oh, this is this is definitely in the cool. This is this is like cool, uh, freaker reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah far corner far corner um but it it is it is excellent not to say it's not good yeah so it's like you know you like rope people in with this like you know sci-fi you know 
girly anime thing. You know what? I would put it in the I would put it in the in the good cool category. I would say this is good freaker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I see what I, you're just saying. I, I then, think because because like what Lane is cool freaker. Yeah, because I I feel oh like oh my god, because <laughs> Lane is I feel uh, Lane is very abstract. Right. I think I think that might be an aspect of the cool good scale. Maybe like, it's like right on that line of good and cool. I don't think I mean I think you can <laughs> you can dig deeper into different themes of the movie that doesn't necessarily touch on i.e. like bodies and that sort of thing and our con- connectivity but it kind of it kind of tells you what what it's thinking a lot of the time. I don't know. It can it can go either way. Yeah. Maybe maybe good and cool isn't a good. No, it's it was it's, 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 it's always terrible... been bad, okay? It's always been a bad scale. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible matrix. It's a of... flawed scale. <laughs> um Why do you think people like Ghost in the Shell? You'll fuck... know my answer was cut pretty short, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please continue. No, no, please. no that's all I have No, to I want to I want to hear. No, no. Maybe no, explain no, the no. scale one more time. No, no. <laughs> For those who don't know, all right. No, no, here's, no. Here's what Why you do. do people like ghosts? Draw in the show? one line oh vertically. God. Draw one line horizontally, God, so you have an X Y plane. Uh, because it makes you think. Sure does make you it's makes a, you think. It's good. a thinker. Everyone was like terrified of getting hacked back then. Yeah. Like clearly. I, I wonder. I want. I wonder if there's like a new like news stories of like someone losing like their whole identity from like hackers. Well, it's like if you think about it, like all of a sudden, like your bank account's online, and like you've got f- a phone in your pocket, and like email scams, like were popping off. Like I think it was always like your identity is going to be stolen. Yeah, was the fear, or yeah, your bank account would be just like emptied out by some hacker and some fucking teenager in yeah Seattle. Yeah. Um, um, but no, the movie is, it's an excellent film. I think it's, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those crossover hits, right? Like you can show this to someone who doesn't know dick about anime, <laughs> doesn't want to know. <laughs> just, and they would probably like it. They'd probably like it. They'd probably appreciate, Playing you know. the dub. Yeah. <laughs> we did watch this in subtitles. We started watching the dub, but like, I, I just, I don't know. Like I really. You wanted something fresh. I wanted the Japanese version. We we have the, uh, the 4K Blu-ray beautiful and yeah and then we started watching the special features briefly and i guess they only had like access to these like the woman who uh translated it for like the dub yeah and like she really fixated on like how she like changed things but then had to keep them the same or like length and words and kind of interesting i would have if you don't know anything about I, I I guess I, I don't think I was like necessarily in the mood to watch a special feature last night, so I, <laughs> I shut it off early. But I, I think like the the tricky thing about like special features for this stuff is like you know I want to I want to hear from like Oshi about it as yeah, opposed to I want to, behind like, the scenes. I want drafts. I want storyboards. I think like for all right, I want I want to go too far into this, but like okay. I feel like. A, a good special feature on like a blu-ray should be something that you can only get on that blu-ray okay i.e like insights from the director or like the feelings of of like an actor or something like that 
Is there commentary? Director's commentary? <laughs> there might be. Um, because, like, you know, it, there, there are, like, a lot of, you know, which is, it's cool that you have, like, you know, a lot of, pe- you know, people from, uh, like, Anime News Network or whatever talking yeah, about, like, the right. impact of it. But it's, like, you know, you can you can just, like, I don't know. You don't, if, if you own this Blu-ray, you, you kind of know. You Imagine being an anime historian. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there was that. There, it's like this one author who like wrote kind of like the, the text in which like a lot of stuff is sort of based on, and he was in it. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it could, it would be cool. It makes me think of like how everything has a historian. Yeah, or like a, the a context to have a his, you know, like ha- everything has a historical context. You just got to be the first. Like ping pong's probably got a historical context. Imagine being 100%. like a like a porn historian. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that exists. Yeah, everything, everything that exists has a history. Yeah. I don't know. I've, anime. That's that, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna become a, a pornography historian. I mean, I'm I'm gonna imagine that there is actually probably a lot of people that try to do that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. if you enjoyed our discussion about uh, the seminal, seminal is such a horrible word. Seminal. <laughs> the seminal. Okay. Well, that's that's what it means. It's like where's your brain at? John? The, the word that I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're going you're going off the rails. Uh, if you enjoyed our discussion on the influential and iconic, legendary film Ghost in the Shell, uh, in parentheses 1995. Okay. Uh, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or <laughs> on Spotify. We've got merch. Wherever you listen to podcasts. we got merch over on our Instagram at Why Do People Like Anime. You can follow the well, links I there. I say it all the time, but the merch is going to run out we're, eventually. We're not, yeah. This is it for this shirt and hat. So, and then we're going to make something else probably. Yeah. But thank you so much to everybody who's bought merch so far. You can find the link on our Instagram at Why Do People Like Anime. You can find... The, the the comments <laughs> people responding to our show on instagram got a little community growing a little community our own little community yeah one day comunidad we'll, when we when we hit a, a a certain metric in my head maybe we'll do like a discord or something wow you're Any you're a discord now. head i, I re- i'm on discord yeah you're on discord you're not like a I've seen like some people like set up monitors that just have like their Discord running all day. <laughs> Not me. Yeah. I, I I get very afraid of anything that's like a stream. Um, Should I do that? I don't Should... even text people like continuous conversation like you do. I'm like I, I'm like goodbye. I'm like know? I'm like a maniac. <laughs> or I just stop texting. I'm like a maniac. Texter. Yeah. Either... No, I, I don't like the continual conversation. Either I like talk to you for like. Uh, I'll like respond every like three days, <laughs> or I'm like responding every like minute. I used to be like psychotic, and if some if if you took an hour to respond to me, then I would take an hour to respond back to you. Oh, I, I... <laughs> you yeah. know, like or anyone, right? Next week, more, more anime, cyberpunk, more cyberpunk. Interesting. Oh yeah, buckle up for next week. <laughs> <laughs> you, you thought, thought you thought this episode was hard we're we're in we're, we're it's like this is this, like off the this is like off the scale like freaker and cool that that corner 
this is like like a gunshot through that. <laughs> yeah. It's like way past any kind of. Uh, it's a it's on the forty scale for sure. Yeah, this is like it's like four it's like playing forty chess with your fucking. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, everybody, stay cool in the streets. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking in the free world, and uh, we'll see you next week. So long. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>